Hey there, it's Aaron. Thank you for joining the How We Interview podcast. On this episode, I talked to Natalie Ray. Um, I, I know a lot of recruiters, and Natalie is best in class. She's just awesome. She's incredibly empathetic, very candid-centric, does a really good job. And we talk about this at length in this episode of managing both hiring manager expectations and also offering a really good candid experience. And those two things aren't mutually exclusive. It's hard to do both, and Nellie does a really good job with that. Um, we talk about uh, kind of our shared experience in finance and crypto and what she would change in the space if she could, if she could just wave a magic wand. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Please like, subscribe, and share and uh, enjoy the episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the How We Interview podcast. I have my good friend, uh, also uh, aficionado F1 and dog lover, Natalie Ray with us. Natalie, A, thank you for joining. And B, I'd love it if you could you could walk the listeners through your background because it's super impressive. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on today. Um, wow. So my background is very diverse uh, with recruiting. I've spent a lot of time in a few different industries. Um, I got my bachelor's in HR from Portland State. Um, go bikes. So, go bikes. Yes, go bikes. Um, and that, I think, also kind of differentiates myself as a recruiter a little bit because I have that HR background, um, having specialized in a degree. Um, I'm one of the few people that have really found what they love to do. Recruiting is my passion. It doesn't feel like work. It's like, I'm going to get up. And that's what inspires me is helping people find that like perfect fit for them. Um, so that's that's my happy place. All of this is my happy place. Um, started my career in a tech startup, uh, really focused in ad tech. I was their number one recruiter um, in terms of starting at ground zero, but a process set up, um, implementing an ATS, um, grew the organization from 85. And I think by the time I left, oh my goodness, they're at 225, something like that. Then kind of looked into another startup organization that was kind of focused with healthcare with a flair of like having their own uh, medical records tooling, which was really fun. So I got to start to my journey in technical recruiting a little bit deeper, which was a lot of fun, but also kind of experiencing what another startup in a different industry was like. Um, after that journey, um, popped into finance. And that was kind of, I like to say, the start of the rest of my career. Um, truly got to learn what your more traditional finance uh, firm is going to operate like. Um, Going back to my bread and butter is being recruiter of one, um, loss of assessments, um, setting up new processes, working on candidate experience, um, lots of sourcing, lots of hiring manager experience, um, and really kind of a lot of more coaching, um, which was a ton of fun. Um, and then I got the opportunity to jump into private equity. Um, and again, recruiter number one, uh, I think we did three ATS implementations there, which was absolutely wild, but building out like college recruiting and candidate experience for that. Um, and I did everything from like, you know, mortgage to I still got to keep my technology piece, which was great. And then I got the opportunity to jump into crypto. And that's kind of where our paths crossed, Erin. Um, and really learning, I've always had a passion in like investing. And so learning how to recruit like the back end, when they really had nothing in terms of recruiting infrastructure um, set up. So it's been a lot of fun. I definitely love the finance and the tech space, but kind of in a high level nutshell, like that's where my background sits. That's awesome. And and it's, 
um, it's fun to talk to you about recruiting because you've done so many different things. And you're right. Like once you've been a team of one and you have to wear all the hats and do all the things, it gives you this, this incredible depth and breadth, right? Like you've, you, you've dabbled in a lot of different things versus, you know, and, and I think either is awesome if you love it. Right. But I think we both know people who have done a job worked for a company with several other recruiters have recruit, recruited for one kind of role and they're awesome at it. But then, you know, they may not be as willing to get outside their comfort zone. You, on the other hand, have no comfort zone because all the things are, are super <laughs> familiar to you. Yeah, that's awesome. Your background is so rich. And, and it, it's funny, I think you, you get 100 recruiters in a room. And we're all obviously very different people, but we're all wired the same way. We, we are very people-centric. We're empathetic, right? You have to want people to be successful and, and do well. We are not shy. We love to talk. We, and and if you had a room of a hundred recruiters, it would be like a dull roar because you're just, we're, we're an extra bunch of folks. Knowing how your career has progressed and how it's aligned to your gifts. What If you look at, you, you talked about setting up processes and from scratch, and that is your bread and butter, right? Like you are recruiter one, you're starting from scratch. You're going to create the recruiting foundation for the entire organization. What are some of your, what do you feel your superpowers are in the recruiting space? And then what is it that makes you so successful? And I love the fact that you talked about candidate experience as well, because I think a lot of people will set up recruiting infrastructure that are not candidate friendly. So I'd love it if you could talk about how you can create the process part while also keeping the candidate in mind. Sure. I think the process and candidate experience are married. As everyone knows, being a job hunter is hard. And that is your life. And it even goes back to when I was in college, I took this class called uh, Business Power, Spirit and Culture. And it was essentially aligning your kind of purpose and what you get out, what makes you get out of bed every morning to bring your full self to work and finding that happy place. That is good candidate experience is aligning what a candidate wants to do, providing a great experience for them. And that really ends up in the organization long term because they're not going to leave. They're going to you're going to get more productivity out of them, and they're going to be excited. So on the other side, it's keeping constant communication with the candidate, and and it's also educating managers when we're setting up a process. It's what can we do to have candidates more prepared for the interview, so you are having better conversations when you're assessing talent, and how do we assess that talent? And then how do we let candidates know what to expect in terms of I've done prep sheets, I've done always every call, I run through the whole process of what they, they in terms of interviews, what they need to know. So they just know what's coming, sitting there as a candidate and being like, I haven't heard back from this company from two to three weeks and my recruiter is out of office. It's a scary feeling and it's, it's a direct reflection of how the organization is going to be, at least in my philosophy. And so I've had managers that I've really been able to coach and align when it's coming to communication, doing cell calls, providing transparency. And I think that's really been a big 
strong suit for me in terms of like when we go to offer and we go to acceptance, I know the organization. I've had many candidates come to me and say, this has been like the best recruiting experience I've had, even if they didn't get the role, because there is solid when we're setting candidates up for interviews, they have a full schedule. They have all the tools, especially for technical interviews, getting down to coding assessments, Zoom links, everything that get, that can be stressful is already set up for them. And then again, it also, it's partnership. I get my hiring managers on board to create prep sheets. That's a big thing. So I'm like, you're going to help collaborate with me. So after they have a conversation with me and one of my past life I've rolled out were, okay, great. The hiring manager wants to talk to you. Here's a sheet with their LinkedIn. They've written their bio. Here's more about the role outside of just the job description. Once the team is building, what's passionate? Um, and then for me, it's going back to really, again, connecting with the candidates of, of what they want to do and making sure that aligns with their happiness. So that's another kind of strong piece for me where you look down the line and you have strong retention of hires is just having people that are, I'm excited. This is what I'm interested in, especially in the crypto space. Yeah. They have to want to be there because it's, it's a very risky space. Um, and it usually makes for the smoothest recruiting processes as well. Yeah, it's the best recruiters do a really good job of ensuring there's no gotchas, right, in the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And and I love everything you said about all the different tools and things that you provide for your candidates. And, and it's a challenging industry. I've met some recruiters who have they they, they <laughs> recruit well in spite of how well they inform the candidates, and then others where it's more of a partnership. Right, which is exactly what you're talking about. Look, candidate, you and I are in this together, and I, I'm going to do everything I can across um, every step of this process. And we talked in our pre-call about how, whether it's six interviews, eight interviews, whatever that may be, uh, the marketing plan, the the panel discussion, whatever. Um, but they are armed with what they need to perform well. You take an interest in making sure you're performing as well as possible, because to your point, even if you keep them in the dark and they do get the job, there's a pretty good chance they're going to be less engaged once they're there. They're going to have bad feelings about the organization. It's also a massive red flag. Companies with broken hiring processes tend to be more poorly run. They, they maybe don't have the culture you're looking for, the culture at least you're, you're promising your job description. I'd love it if you, you could spend some time talking about how do you balance transparency you know, in while on one hand you're cultivating a relationship with your candidates, right? And you know, this is your rep. This is Natalie Ray's reputation. This is this is your personal brand, while also meeting the needs and the expectations of your hiring manager or the the larger organization as a whole. And doing it maybe in an industry that isn't quite as proven as 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 maybe some other industries you and I have worked in. Absolutely, that's a great question. Transparency. I feel like I could answer this in so many ways. It comes down to knowing the business as a recruiter. Um, even from the intake, my intakes tend to be a little bit longer in terms of what the manager, my hiring managers are looking for just outside of the job description. What are the expectations? But also learning the team as it is now. And that has to fit the candidate. Because if you have the candidate that you're bringing in with rose-colored glasses, 
and they think we have a robust training program. I'm just kind of talking very general and they come in on day one, especially in a startup. Mm -hmm. You never want to have someone make a life decision on what the job is is not going to be and kind of come in day one and say, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And so part of that fit is as much amount of match for the business as a candidate. And I'd rather be very honest with what a candidate is looking for. One of my favorite interview questions that I ask the candidate is what's that next role for you? What, what do you want to do next? I think you bring up something really interesting because if you're listening to this and you've never recruited a you probably have. That's probably just not the case. But I think depending on the organization, the recruiting teams either tend to be more aligned with the hiring manager or the hiring team, or they go completely the other direction and they're super candidate centric, right? And and there's a problem with each one of those things. One, one is if you're so aligned to the hiring manager, you're probably not offering the best candidate experience because that's not your first priority. On the flip side, if you're over rotate into offering an awesome candidate experience, you're probably in a kind of odds with the hiring team, right? Because every candidate's the best candidate and you have such a best interest in watching them succeed. The best recruiters are the ones that do a good job of managing both. I know it's a lot of balls to keep in the air. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like how you manage hiring team or hiring manager expectations while also offering a very high touch, transparent candidate experience. I think it, it's coaching them around decisions and putting candidates on the back burner is probably the worst thing you can do for candidate experience where the candidate's like, I don't know, you're sitting here for three months and you're in this process and then they come around and they're like, ah, was there a second person? With a hiring manager, I, I think it all goes into that intake as well. But then it's also going through, I do check-ins with my managers almost weekly and we talk about candidates and it's, what have you liked? What have you seen that you've liked? What have you seen that you, you don't like? And we have, especially when I build out engineering teams, it's doing roundtables. When we have a candidate that has gone through technical interview and then onsite and we're at this decision, we pull the whole interview panel in. Even if it's great, even if it's not great, at least for the first couple, if we're going to do a few and really understanding how each interviewer is thinking and making sure that there's calibration and then looking back at the job description. If we're way off on what the hiring manager is expecting, then there's something that's not really calibrated. But then at, at it's, it's making quick decisions. I think that's is yes, no. If it's no, why? Mm -hmm. Yes, great, let's move forward. But it's keeping that hiring. And sometimes you have, I've had to get creative with hiring managers too. I'm like keeping that because everyone's busy. It's usually the second job that every hiring manager probably doesn't want to deal with is hiring a new team member. And so it's building that partnership again. It's like, hey, I need a decision from you. If not, and if they're like, if they're hard to track down, it's probably a no, but it's getting that feedback and then also getting feedback from candidates. If something doesn't go quite right, it, it's again, it's balancing those two sides, but really it's that quick, get everyone in the room. Is there alignment? Is there not? Because sometimes then you just go down and you end up with a purple squirrel that you never find. Mm -hmm.
This episode of How We Interview is brought to you by Riembi. You understand the importance of maximizing your team's efficiency. Instead of having your recruiters or coordinators spend time with expense reports to reimburse candidates for interview expenses, automate the process with Riembi. Riembi streamlines the reimbursement process, ensuring your candidates receive their reimbursement quickly and accurately. Your team can focus on other essential aspects of the hiring process by eliminating reimbursement tasks from their workload. Automating reimbursements is a significant improvement to the candidate experience. No more dealing with spreadsheets, attaching receipts to emails, or waiting weeks to receive the payout. With Reambi, the reimbursement payout to your candidates is sent the same day expenses are approved. To learn more about how Reambi can help your team, visit Reambi.com. That's Reambi, R-E-I-M-B-I.com. We've had this discussion a couple times in the podcast. There are some organizations, I won't name names, who opening a new rec or backfilling a rec goes into a ticketing queue. You open a request. The recruiter gets assigned. They start recruiting. They don't even talk to the hiring manager, okay? There are other organizations, I know you're covering your face, and it, and, and I, <laughs> I've worked in these organizations, I've heard horror stories. I, I've been involved in hiring processes where I'm like, I cannot get out of this fast enough. This is a disaster. I know exactly where this is going. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, because you you talked about the intake, and, and I think there's there's the responsibility of a good recruiter, or if it's the sorcerer, your talent intelligence person, whatever that may be, who, who takes a snapshot of the role and says, okay, here's the role at the level you want me to post it at, in the location you want me to post it, with the compensation of the salary, okay? And based on what you're telling me, this is the size of your application pool. It could be huge, it could be super small, but I think setting that expectation up front instead of doing it 30 days after you've had no applicants or you've had a ton of applicants and they're not the right ones, I'd love to talk about how you best set expectation with your hiring partners. Sure. And that's always the magic of of building trust, especially when it's a new rack that you're taking on. I would say it's those weekly check-ins. It's setting expectations. What I love to do is if you can get the job description, I always try to get it ahead of time is doing some pre-sourcing and sitting there with the hiring manager and say, okay, here's some profiles that we've picked out. Does this align with what's in the job description? And then I also think as I'm doing, I always, if I'm doing the screening, um, which is usually how I prefer to recruit, is sending the notes to the manager and having a conversation. Here's the resume. So here's my notes. This is the conversation. This is what I think based on the price point. But I also make salary. Salaries is a very sticky thing to discuss. But if we get out in the market and we're misaligned, that's a conversation that needs to happen right away, even before offer. It's always something, going back to transparency, that is always something I start with my screens on. Like we always end on what they're expecting. If it's way off, we're transparent. Hey, you have to have a conversation. I'll get back to you and seeing where we're at. But it's that weekly check-in point of, here's some pre-sourcing. This is what I'm at. And that if you have nothing the following week and no applications, that's where you immediately start troubleshooting. Or as a recruiter, you should know if your post is up for a couple of days and you're like, oh no, we're at zero. You know, and then it's check the layers and being proactive. Yeah. It's, I've had this conversation so many times. Senior leader comes to me, your recruiter sucks, right? I've got two applicants. It. I'm here to tell you, this is a spicy, it's not a spicy take. <laughs> it, 
there it is never the recruiter. It's to your point, it's the leveling, it's the location, it's the expectations, or as I say, does the punishment fit the crime? Is the compensation or the total compensation, the leveling in agreement with what we're asking this person to do? I'm sure you've had hiring managers who throw the whole kitchen sink. I don't know what I want. It's a hybrid. It's like the opening I was telling you about, right? It does these 18 things. And that's fine if that's the case. And you go ahead and call that out. But every time you add another thing, your pool gets smaller and smaller. And it needs to be paid at least whatever market rate is. And if the, the quickest path to a hire is up-leveling, or increasing compensation and the quickest path to having a wreck be open for months and months on end is put it in a terrible location with terrible pay and a really vague job description. Which brings up an interesting point since we're getting kind of spicy. I would love for you to talk about, and we've never really talked about this, is like, how do you deal with a hiring manager that's so divorced from reality in terms of what their expectations are? Or even worse, a hiring manager where you've given them on a silver platter the perfect candidate, but it either happened too quickly or it's too good to be true. And can you just keep them warm and find me a few more to talk to? But what do you do in those situations? I've had a few of those situations. I've had a couple searches where like on the first candidate, I'm like, this is our human. And the hiring managers, I want to interview three or four more. And so it's a lot of market coaching. When you find that person, You've got to move quickly. It's also showing them being transparent, showing them that the applicant pool, this is what we have. Um, it, it's bringing in feedback. Um, in past life, we've had, we've had group chats for hiring groups. And so sometimes we bring the group into it and say, hey, we have this person with a timeline. Are we willing to let go of this person? And being very transparent on that side. Um, but it's happened a few, it's definitely happened a few times where they just disappear from market and they want to see more and it's, it, it goes back to quick decision-making and, and then it's every check-in call we have and like, okay, we're going to talk about this person. How is the interview, you know, that you've seen this week compared to this person? And if they're not willing to make a decision, they may be unsure about the role, the spec, and sometimes it's escalating. That's usually when I pull in my head of TA where I'm like, this hits all of our boxes. These are the interviews and being able to come to the table with some data and some talking points. What would you recommend? Because it's also protecting yourself with accountability if we found this person. Because I've definitely had situations where this is the person they wanted to see more and we lose that person. And so it's being able to document those pieces as well. But it's market. Everyone needs a job. Everyone has to pay bills and they're not going to be able to wait for us forever. I've had, I would say maybe two in my career that I've gone back to someone a few months later and they're like, yeah, I started something, but this is where I place and it's worked out. But you just, it's, you can't, and and it it makes me sad because I've seen some recruiters like lose those candidates and they're never revisited or they just go into this like black abyss. And so it's just, they usually end up on a sticky note on my desk where I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this person. And it's just pushing what else do you want to see? It's showing them what else is on the market. And 
like we talked about, recruiters find themselves wedged in the middle between their hiring partners. I'll, I'll keep saying it because it's a, it, it is one of the it's one of the parts of the job that nobody's really talking about, right? You are you have two customers. On one side, you've got the candidates who, in theory, want the job and they're super excited, but you've got a hundred of them for one role, and then you've got hiring managers who have these. Like I said, a lot of times, and I've been a hiring manager. You've been a hiring manager. You know how it goes. That said, you and I have applied for jobs before, and I like to think that as a recruiter applying for recruiting jobs, you would think the process would be spotless, buttoned up, perfect, and you're shaking your head. What has your experience been? Because you would, like recruiting for recruiting, we should that should be top gun. That should be the best of the best. And where I'm amazed at how broken even that process could be, which is interesting to me. Oh, yeah. It's been all over the board. I think recruiting for recruiting, my biggest thing is lack of communication that I've seen. So that candidate experience piece falls, but I feel like we all know how to play the game. So I also think because we know what's going on behind the scenes, I feel like we're probably the most difficult customer to have to give all the recruiters out there who are doing R for R, giving them a break. But then I've also had companies that are like, okay, no BS, we're going to turn this around in 24, 48 hours and grow. And honestly, I think the more senior I've gotten in my career, the more informal the conversations that I've had in terms of interviewing. And I think it's been a little bit more smoother, but I think there's that piece where the candidate experience for recruiters gets lost because we all know how to play that game. Yeah. Because what happens behind the scenes, you kind of dispense of any of the uh, illusion of of process. I know where this is going, right? I've done this all my career. And so let's just get to brass tacks. I, I think in the in, in the best of situations, that's how it should be. That's transparency in and of itself. I also think that there are probably some companies out there that that have their guard up because they're like, they know all of our secrets, right? They, they know where this is going. Yes. Which, which is also fascinating. If you could, and, and, and I, I want to be respectful of your time and our listeners' time, but I'd love to hear because you've got such amazing experience. If you could fix anything in the recruiting space now, wave a magic wand and be like, we're going to, we're going to fix this thing. Not only does it impact me, but I, I've worked in situations where maybe this thing is just such a massive burden on the recruiting community. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's a great question. There's a few things that I would pick out, but I feel in my career as I grow in the candidate market and the whole economic job climate has changed so many times. And I feel like a lot of organizations and recruiters lose sight of that. And that would be my hope or something to change is that there's more kind of engagement about what's going on in the job market, how things are shifting in the business and how candidate experience changes. Because the candidate experience was very different two years ago, three years ago, when just going to RFR, it was hard to find recruiters we had a huge shortage and now we have a surplus mm-hmm. and that kind of experience where you're like really trying to build relationships pinging people on linkedin sending emails finding phone numbers all our kind of secret sourcing things that we do to bring engagement and then you're coaching on the hiring manager side now we're dealing with thousands of applicants and how do you weed through and also realizing 
that you still have to move quickly, even though there's so many and provide a good experience because people aren't a dime a dozen when you're looking for a specific skill set. And I think that would be one thing I would change is having recruiters and hiring managers have more proactive tools out there and engagement when it comes to being knowledgeable about how things are shifting. And it's going to continue to shift. It'll be very interesting to see where we are in two years from now. But that would be, I think, the biggest because I think that would fix a lot of our systemic problems when it comes to interview process, design, tools, how we interview, all of that. It's just being educated on how the market's starting to shift. Yeah, because if you're getting 50 applicants per open rack, you're going to behave very differently than if you get 1,500 applicants, which is really how much it's shifted. And, and I feel, and I've probably been guilty of this, we all have, is if we offered a consistent experience, regardless of the amount of supply and or demand or how that's flipped, I, I think people would be less skeptical of the recruiting community because the behavior and the treatment has been so bipolar, for lack of a better word. Yes. And, and and so if you were on the, if your last time you were looking for a job was 2019 or 2000. 21 or 22, right? When recruiters could basically just call their number, like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And and I know I'm awesome. And there's a million jobs out there out of the pick of the litter. And then now they go back in the market and like, why are people not calling me back? What is going on? Is my resume no longer (laughs) valid? Is this something I've done? And and the fact is the only thing that's changed is market dynamics. It's flipped. And, And I agree. I feel like there needs to be a consistent, not code, but like a consistent way that Candidates are going to be treated regardless of what's going on in kind of the broader macroeconomic factors that are impacting how many people you're competing with for a role. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's get t-shirts made. That's a very long slogan on a t-shirt. You have to turn it around, maybe. Probably long sleeve tees, too, to be honest with you. But (laughs) I agree 100%. And I think it will shift. And when it shifts, it's going to be very rapid, way quicker than anybody was expecting. And then in two, three years time, whatever it may be, yeah, your in-mail inbox is going to be full of people looking for you, or do you know anybody, or can you give me a referral? Because yeah, this is a moment in time, not a super fun moment in time, but it's a moment in time. And I don't know about you, I got a pretty pretty long memory. I will always remember what this time was like. Absolutely, me too. That's awesome. Natalie, I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you next week and having a drink and talking to some of our peers in the area. I appreciate your time. I wish you the best and thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for listening to this episode of the How We Interview podcast brought to you by Riambi. Head to our website at howweinterview.com to find the show notes and links mentioned in this episode. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Leaving us a rating and review also helps us reach more listeners interested in learning from other talent acquisition professionals.